The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as a potential for discussions about other topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the person stating them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Ed. And today we thought we'd explore a different side to the whiskey culture, namely whiskey-based cocktails. And Ed is going to tell you which cocktails we're going to make tonight. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, one of the fun ways to drink different bourbons, rye whiskeys, and the like is in different cocktails. And uh, today we're going to look at three of the most popular ones. Two have been around for a long time, the Old Fashioned and the Manhattan. And uh, we're also going to take a look at a new uh, up-and-comer that's becoming a lot more popular, the uh, Boulevardier. So we're going to start in the order that they were created. And the reason we had this idea was our last podcast, we compared uh, Equal Rare Tenure with its brother on the label, Buffalo Trace. Younger brother. Right. We talked about how Buffalo Trace is about four years and Eagle Rare, of course, is tenure. And the Eagle Rare drank so much nicer and smoother that we killed that bottle and we had pretty much the majority of the Buffalo Trace left. So I said, hey, I know for the next podcast, I said, let's use it and, and do what we're doing today. Let's make Old Fashions and Manhattans and the Boulevardier. And, and we and, did. And we'll use one bourbon as like a one whiskey as a constant that uh, we can kind of compare the cocktails. So that was the plan. But uh, that was two weeks ago. Yeah. And, and so we drank all the Buffalo practicing <laughs> for yeah so uh, but you know what that ended up being a good thing because we decided that what we like to make our cocktails with is bullet rye which we've already talked about in the past on here and scott's going to tell you about each one as we come to them and there's a lot of history to some of them and there's tons of variations and if you're hey, listen if you're tweaking it yourself you're not doing anything wrong and we're certainly not going to tell you that this is the way you have to drink an old-fashioned or this is the way you have to drink a Manhattan. Of course not. We're just going to show you the way we do it. Right. There's a lot of ways to make all of these cocktails. And uh, two things. I bought the giant bullet rye, as specified in our first podcast, uh, where we did bullet versus... Uh, Redemption. Redemption rye, exactly. And it was $49. For the 1.75, the half the, gallon of bullet rye for 49 The big bottle. It's a double bottle with a little extra to make like, you feel good. Yeah, it's like two and a thirds of the regular right, bottle. exactly. Yeah, so, amazing. And the second thing we have is we have a guest tonight. We do. Our friend Gabe is here. He's a whiskey connoisseur in his own right. And one of our best drinking buddies from back for the last couple of decades. Gabe, say hi to the people. Hello, everybody. Hey, Gabe. What's up? Nice to be here. And uh, Gabe's worked in the uh, industry as well when he was younger. He was a bartender at a wedding reception hall. So he's seen all types of people on the uh, post-drinking experience. <laughs> <laughs> as any wedding bartender can tell you, there's he, uh, he has a plethora of stories I'm sure that he could share down the road or tonight. But he's going to help you know give his opinion on the drinks and, and what he thinks of them. And maybe help us uh, make some. We're, we're not really sure 
sure about the format of how we're going to do this because uh, we only have two microphones. We're a small time uh, operation here. We're just going to. We just didn't think about getting another mic. I mean, we certainly just, you know, we could afford a third mic. Well, we could have. Yeah, we'd have to get a splitter and put it in the thing because our sound thing doesn't have enough holes. I always put them in the wrong holes anyway. Uh, oh, God. Anyway. Round one. So we're going to start out making the old-fashioned. Gabe's putting them together for us right now. It's a cocktail made by muddling sugar with bitters, adding alcohol, and then a citrus rind twist. Traditionally, it's served in a short, round, tumbler-like glass. And that's what we'll be doing tonight. Scott, what's the history of this drink? The history of this drink is very interesting because the word cocktail was basically invented to refer to a drink just like this. It was in response to a reader's letter asking to define the word in an 1806 issue of a newspaper from Hudson, New York. Wow. The editor's response was that a cocktail is a concoction of spirits, bitters, water, and sugar. And by the 1860s, bartenders were adding all kinds of stuff to it. Curacao, absinthe, gin. But then the original recipe came back into vogue and it was referred to as Old Fashioned. Mm. So that's where the name came from. How long has it been called the Old Fashioned? The first use of the name Old Fashioned for a bourbon whiskey cocktail was in 1881 at a gentleman's club in Louisville, Kentucky. So, I mean, it makes sense that it's in Kentucky, right? It certainly does. Um, I mean, The mecca of uh, whiskeys. So uh, the city of Louisville, uh, in fact, named the Old Fashioned its official cocktail in 2015. What what were they waiting for? I mean, seems a little late to the party, right? They jumped a whole like century. Yeah. So people started referring to it as an old-fashioned in the 1860s, and it took until 2015 for them to uh, actually call it the official cocktail of Louisville. Okay, so what we did here tonight is we took two ounces of bullet rye whiskey, put in some sugar and a little bit of water, some aromatic bitters. I think we just used the regular ones. We sometimes use orange ones. You can muddle fruit. Traditionally, it's orange, cherry. Smash them up to get some of that flavor released into the whiskey concoction. Yeah, I hope you guys can hear them. They're stirring. <laughs> we're, we're actually a little distracted because I mean, we're watching the drinks be made, and I'm really... I'm I really, really want to drink right now. I haven't drank for like 10 minutes. So I'm starting to get like so a little excited. whiskey withdrawal because I, I, I'm not used to doing the podcast and not have a drink. We did start off with uh, some uh, dark rye from Basil Hayden. Oh, that, uh, yeah. Gabe brought, Gabe brought some um, Basil Hayden's dark rye and we... Uh, Wait, what are you looking for, Gabe? Oh, Gabe, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Gabe is like Gabe's a little out of practice. He's how long massacring has it been? the orange rind. How, right how long has it been since you were uh, a bartender? Fifteen years. Wow. 15 wow. Years. Fifteen years. It, it wasn't exactly right. You were a wedding, yeah. right? Sure. Right. right. A lot of whiskey sours and shots and beer. They look. They make it look so much easier in the bar yeah. when they when they they do take the rind and zest it for you. You know, do, do a nice little long one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Whatever you do, Gabe, just give Gabe's me my getting, drink. Gabe's getting angry. In this. I hear he was angry. We'll yeah, talk about that later. He was a little angry. Uh, uh, a Facebook messenger, he was like sending all these gifts with the heads exploding and uh, oh. chihuahuas on fire. Okay. It took him this long to realize the Flyers aren't going to make the playoffs, I guess. Oh, <laughs> damn. Well, I got, you got the double bird. I'm number one twice. <laughs> You're number two. I knew that in September 10th, but I always do. Oh, damn. But just looking up to, for, dude, dude, for the, dude, for the on, flyers. Don't, don't anger him. He's making our drinks. Ooh, I can smell the orange. Are you going to add a cherry in there or, or do you not want to? You don't have oh, to. I want a cherry. What oh, you want a cherry? Sure. All right. We have some nice imported cherries from Italy. 
I can't read it because it curves around the jar. It's also in like a weird script. Okay, so we have our old fashions now. Oh, yeah, Gabe, Gabe has his. And uh, we're going to take a drink and uh, see how we like them. Right. Oh, yeah, it smells amazing. Smells really smells sweet. It's citrusy. It's uh, very citrusy right now. Oh, oh, my gosh, Gabe. This is a spectacular cocktail. Oh, wow. That's very nice. Mm. Very nice. What I like about it is a bad old fashioned will taste too sweet, it won't have any fire left in the whiskey or it'll be the opposite it'll be too bitter right they'll, they'll, they'll too much whiskey uh, first of all alcohol you know that you can't have too much whiskey that's not, that he didn't <laughs> well, mean that but well but the co- a, a bad cocktail, ratio is a bad ratio sure the cocktail uh, is a it's a balance you need to have the balance of the bitters and the sweet and the citrus that, that's what a cocktail is it's balancing right. out the alcohol flavor because remember when cocktails were made whiskey wasn't that great Right? Like right. whiskey. Right. Whiskey reason- today, like we are in a renaissance of whiskey right now. Back then, if there was a good whiskey, you might not be able to get it. I completely agree was- with you, though, that they probably made cocktails because the whiskey was so much just fire back then. It wasn't probably as smooth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know this. I wasn't there, but I'm guessing that there was a lot of. There's a lot of bad alcohol. A lot of younger, possibly immature with like- whiskeys. Possibly with like impurities in them and like so. Right. So, so the old fashioned yeah. putting some sugar and bitters in there to help the taste and flavor. But now, exactly, Scott's right that the, the ratio is very important because too much whiskey, too much simple syrup makes it too sweet. This is actually a very, very nice yeah, old this, fashioned. This is nice. I really like this. Gabe, Just, what do you think about it? Going, going back to what you said on the, the whiskey and, and the quality of it being you know, subpar, yeah. you'd think because of that, they would have found ways to make it taste better with yeah. the mixtures. Definitely. So, I, did, like, you say, did you say mixtures? No, not mixtures. Mixtures? Mixtures. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's funny, in the researching of it, Angostura bitters was an actual ingredient. So how far back does Angostura bitters go? Is there some company that's just been making this one simple product that you only use like a few drops like this one bottle last you like <laughs> and i've seen this on the bottle before it's a product of trinidad and tobago yes tobago I, no tobago you're right you say tobago i say tobago let's Correct. call the whole thing off i felt like i was getting uh, staples out and i noticed there's staples. five thousand staples in a box and i'm thinking how do the staple companies make money like a box of staples will last me so long at my desk i'm thinking the, the jar bitters has to be the exact same thing like I'm- how much does a box of staples go for? Yeah, like three, I don't know, three, two, two dollars maybe? I mean, like my point was, I don't know how you make money selling staples. I don't know how you make money making bitters. And, and being a former bartender, I've never actually made this properly, but I have to say this this is a good mix. I don't know, Gabe, because I think you just did. Yeah, you, you made just it, made it properly. You made I, one of the best old fashions I've ever had, and I've had quite a few of them. Of I made I made one the other night, and it wasn't this good. Although I was working with the Buffalo Trace. The one yeah. of the reasons why we like to use bullet yeah. in our recipes is bullet that, rye. Bullet rye is that because bullet is actually very balanced whiskey. It balances its spiciness and its sweetness very well. Right, and since the old fashioned is a sweet drink having the less sweet rye whiskey as opposed to the corn based bourbon whiskey i think is a it's once again goes what you said about having the bite ratio and the mixture mm-hmm. it's a study in balance oh it's <laughs> oh, a pulp fiction reference yeah you might not have heard that he might have been too far away from the mic but that's all right he heard it. he was yelling i heard it <laughs> well you heard it because he's standing right next to you oh so anyway, so uh yeah. i will say this not to cut you off gabe but you can jump in a second I think the thing about the old fashioned is know your place, Gabe. Maybe too. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. You don't even have you don't even have headphones. I'm, I'm such, oh, oh, shit. oh shit! Thank God we're not on TV. Yeah. Um, 
no I, one wants I don't to know that. how Scott feels about this or Gabe feels about this, but two old fashions is pretty much it for me. It's a little too sweet for me to drink all night. I agree. You know, it's I something agree. I like to have when I go out to dinner when I know I'm not going to have as many drinks as when I'm going out to drink, you know? Yeah. Um, and it kind of could, it goes well with food, I think. What do you think, Gabe? Yeah, I agree with you. When when I go out to dinner, I do like an old fashioned to just set the tone, to calm down. But it is it is something you don't want to have too many of. Yeah, especially. It's very high in alcohol. Especially if it's if it's this sweet. Like if, if they're making it properly, it should be right. uh, and this you, nice cocktail. If you go to a restaurant, you're going to get a larger glass than that. And I'm not really sure how they do it. Cause so I was at um, uh, Ray Street Cafe. We might have mentioned it before in this podcast. It's in Philadelphia. They make great old fashions there. And counter to what Ed just said and what I just agreed to, I actually had three in a row. <laughs> because <laughs> Not surprising. Because they're so good. Happen. Yeah. So it, it wasn't quite this sweet. But I mean, I'm drinking out of a tumbler glass and what Gabe made us. I mean, it only came up to like a quarter of the thing. And they, of course, added more ice to theirs. But there was so much more liquid. So I don't really know what they're adding to it to get that volume of liquid. The rest, like, the what what could they be adding? Water, but well, that's true. Oh, right. I think, I think the, it, the rocks quotient would, after it gets you, would water it down somewhat. That's yeah. where it comes from. We had an old-fashioned last night at the uh, whiskey lounge that we belong to. And they make their simple syrup out of uh, sugar in the raw. And so it kind of added to the coloring of the drink, though it didn't really change the flavor much that I noticed. So... Yeah, give me some more bitters. Yeah, we're gonna add, we're gonna add a dash of orange bitters to it and see what happens. I, that's radical. Halfway through, I don't endorse that at all. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> we just spent ten minutes talking about how important the goddamn ratio for a drink is, and you just throw bitters on the middle of a drink. Well, this is a good segue into the modifications that you can make to an old fashioned. So, people in the Midwest make a brandy version, and they call it the brandy old fashioned. Well, they went way out there. Wow, they're very smart in the Midwest. Yeah. Wild in the Midwest. They are not. They are not very smart the midwest God uh, oh them. no hey 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 we might have one fan in the midwest they're, i didn't say they're wildness. not i did not say they're unsmart but you, you said they're very smart living well, a, i was i was being facetious. living in a tremendous flat plain where t- tornadoes and god hates you i have <laughs> I, I don't understand why you would live in like oklahoma or kansas it doesn't make any sense to me we lived there's in nothing o- out there when i was a you did uh, not live in oklahoma i did and i didn't know that shut the front door I don't know what the hell's going on tonight. No, so uh, my dad was in the Air Force and moved around a lot before I was five years old. And we lived. Explains a lot. We lived uh, lived in Oklahoma for a couple months. And uh, my mom tells a story that hail the size of softballs were falling out of the sky. And so my dad went out with his friend. Because, you know, he was in his 20s. So if you imagine, imagine yourself in your 20s, look at the softball size hail. I'm going to go get some. 31 tornadoes were sighted in a single storm. I mean, that's just terrifying. Uh, I hope that this podcast gets so popular that I just pissed off hundreds of thousands of people around Topeka. All right. I don't think that's going to happen, but if it does, my bad. But you know what I'm talking about because you live there. It's flat and it's full of very nice people and tornadoes. So the other way to modify (laughs) whiskey Try to save. Sorry to save the podcast. Uh, save it from what? Save it. Save it from hatred of Topeka. Uh, uh, this is the guy who uh, just went off on Girl Scouts last week. Um, <laughs> did we mention that we could muddle the fruit? Did we? Yeah, did yeah, we yeah. You we can, did do that. Right, I mentioned you know, that briefly. But well, what's interesting about the muddling the fruit in this particular cocktail is that it didn't start to the nineties. Mm. Like they didn't start doing that until the nineteen nineties, and I that's feel like I saw that when I was younger. Then is, is that true? Because that, you, you'd think they well, started it's, somewhere. And it's got wi- it from somewhere. It's Wikipedia true. Yeah. So we're trying to say that nobody for a hundred years put some fruit in the drink. Oh, I'm not saying that, but I don't somewhere. think it. 
wondered that someone had how about, to, how about, to do it. How about it didn't become popular until What then? about the uh, high thinkers out in Topeka? Maybe they did back in the 30s or something. <laughs> no, they got swept up in a tornado. Well, while they were doing their brandy, with their brandy old fashions. No, they're, they, they're, they're in Oz now. So let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap up the old fashioned. Listen, if you just want to take a typical teaspoon of sugar, maybe a splash of warm water in there, the whiskey, a cherry, dash of bitters, stir it up right in the glass. You don't have to be fancy with it. You don't think, oh, I don't have any simple syrup made. I can't make it old fashioned. Of course you can. So now we're going to uh, take the time to uh, shift gears and go into making my favorite uh, whiskey cocktail, which is the Manhattan. Round two. All right, Gabe has just made us some Manhattans. This is uh, close to the traditional recipe, a little bit of a tweak by us. Uh, Scott, review the uh, ratios I, I, of ingredients. I think the traditional way to make a Manhattan is, is a two-to-one ratio of whiskey to the sweet vermouth. So there's basically just three ingredients, those two and bitters. And don't forget the cherry. Well, right. The cherry. Cherry's got to yeah, be there. Because the cherry, the cherry juice, a the, the little bit of the cherry juice does impact the flavor, I think. It gives a little bit of a sweet finish. Yeah. We're using the traditional Martini and Rossi sweet vermouth. Each one has about two ounces of bullet rye, and we used an ounce. That we used the traditional ratio? Oh, uh, no, we actually did four to one. All right, so we did four to one. So, right, for two ounces of whiskey, we used a half of an ounce of vermouth. Right. I actually like even less than that, but um, I was willing to compromise for the sake of uh, Scott actually does an eight to one ratio. Usually, if we're drinking just the two of us, he'll put eight shots of uh, rye whiskey in there. To one shot. To of one the, shot of the vermouth, yeah. which and I, that's a double, and that's a good sized drink, and we don't really need anything after that. What we do anyway, but the reality is that's right. A, I we like, don't need it, but we I do. argue for a little bit more vermouth than that. Yeah, you and do. the traditional, like we said, is two to one. A bartender friend of ours that we respect his opinion a lot says he goes two to three quarters of a shot. So it's it's there's a lot of play in that. So we're drinking these in glass. Yeah. The, Traditional, They're a little um, fancier. Manhattan glasses tend to be uh, fancy. These are the, uh, these I think, are the, martini glasses. Mar- yeah, they're like yeah. Uh, martini glasses. Fair enough. Uh, exactly. I think they call them co- just call them cocktail glasses. And that if you order your martini up, right, that's how you get it. It comes in this. And you can put it in a tumbler though. Once it, again, very fine. citrusy. We oh, we also used orange bitters instead of the traditional bitters. Right, still made. In Trinidad and Tobago. Or Tobago. And sometimes not put in a Manhattan, uh, an orange peel. Right. The orange peel that we had in the old fashioned, we, we used the same peeler, peeled a little bit of the skin off. And so we're uh, getting a similar nose to this cocktail as we did with the, because we added orange peel to it. Mm, wow. This is. You can taste the spiciness of the rye more in this cocktail because there's no sugar in it. Right. It does have a cherry garnish. That's that's traditional. It, Go ahead, it, it's nice. It's got a it's got a spicy citrus bite to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, not, it's not overly sweet. No. You know, as per se. I mean I think having more whiskey in there would definitely. bring it to that point of having it more of a bite. Yeah, definitely the old fashioned is a sweeter drink. Never had the rind in a, a Manhattan mm-hmm. either, and it, it does it, it, it gives it a nice little flavor to it. it does. Yeah, so it's I spicy, think spicy citrusy kick. Yeah, so we we decided that we were going to make a second one because yeah. we made the small, and we'll do my eight to one ratio, and then we won't put the orange rind in. Right, we'll see what that is. Yeah, and we'll see how that. Can works. you give us the uh, the history of the Manhattan? Yeah, so uh, as you may um, guess, Manhattans were made in New York City. <laughs> the original was not, a, not Topeka. Uh, <laughs> I was no, not Topeka. Schenectady. That. Yeah, the, the, God, you're like Gabe. Gabe, you are Gabe. You're like Ed with Hello, the. Me. Hello, me. <laughs> Whoa, Megadeth. Megadeth. All 
Uh, the original was a mix of American whiskey, Italian vermouth, and Angostura bitters uh, during the Prohibition. It was Canadian whiskey because, uh, really, that's all there was. Take off, eh? There's a version from 1891. So, similar to the old-fashioned where they started adding a lot of crazy stuff, they also added gum syrup and uh, absinthe, again, to cocktails uh, called Manhattans in 1891. There are other stories frequently bandied about the origin of the Manhattan. One famous one is it was invented by a doctor for a banquet that was hosting presidential candidate Samuel J. Tilden at the Manhattan Club in New York City. So anyway, you slice it, it was made in Manhattan, hence the name. They're traditionally made with rye whiskey, but they can also be made with bourbon or the aforementioned Canadian whiskey. Uh, some are shaken with ice. Uh, we stirred ours because that's the traditional way to make it. Uh, shaking something will, you know, add air to it. And I don't think this this cocktail needs like a frothy air kind of thing to it. Angostura is a classic bitters, but you can use orange bitters, which we did. Um, uh, Peychaud's bitters. Some bartenders make their own bitters. Some substitute dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth, or they use both. There are several different variations. There's what's called the perfect Manhattan, which basically is equal parts sweet and dry vermouth. There's a dry Manhattan, which is just dry vermouth. The Brooklyn, which is the whiskey, dry vermouth, and a maraschino liqueur. A brandy Manhattan. Cuban Manhattan. Dark rum. There's a blonde Manhattan. Moonshine. Rob Roy, classic cocktail, is the same thing as a Manhattan. That's right. Ah, there you go. One more. The Tijuana Manhattan. Now you gotta guess what the what the alcohol is in the Tijuana Manhattan. See, you're not that drunk yet. But Tijuana, Tijuana Manhattan, you know I do. (laughs) (laughs) Tijuana Manhattan. Angostura bitters, by the way, I have a history. It was uh, invented by a German fellow, (laughs) Johann Gottlieb Benjamin Siegert. Wow. 1796 to 1870. He was a Surgeon General in uh, Simone Bolivar's army in Venezuela. He began to sell it in 1824 and established a distillery for that purpose in 1830 before moving it to the port of Spain in Trinidad, where mm. it still is today. Wait, what year was that? Oh, uh, he moved it in um, 1853. Wow. No, so, eight, I'm sorry. 1875 is when the plant was moved to Port of Spain, Trinidad, and has been there ever since. Right. Uh, interesting. So thing. it has been it has been a thing since the 1800s. Absolutely. That's amazing. And the orange version's been around since 2007 only. This is a tasty beverage. I'm liking this one too, Gabe. Well, that was tasty. But I feel like for whatever reason that a Manhattan gets me a little more buzzed up than an old-fashioned, and I don't know why. Why do you think that is, guys? I don't know. It could be. Do you agree with me, first of all? Do you agree with me? I don't think it gets me particularly buzzed up. And honestly, you do tend to inhale drinks. We were talking about this <laughs> We talked we talked about this last night. And if it's a drink that you particularly enjoy, mm. you're going to drink it uh, faster than you would another drink. So what you're saying is there's a chance that if we go out, I'll have a, a three to two ratio to your drinks if we're drinking a Manhattan. Yes, absolutely. And we might have a two to two ratio if we have old fashions together. Yeah, I would say that's true because people usually don't make Manhattans like I like to make them, which right. we're going to do right now. Okay, so we made a second Manhattan with the ratio. Second Manhattan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So with the ratio of whiskey to uh, vermouth that I enjoy, which is eight to one, and without the orange peel, 
but still with the orange bitters. Right. Um, so the ingredients would be bullet rye, three ounces, then half an ounce of uh, vermouth, the orange bitters, and uh, a cherry, but no orange peel. And it's already very whiskey forward when you smell it and when you taste it, but there is a vermouth finish at the end. It's not abandoned in any way. I mean, it's, it's much spicier. Peppery. Yeah. W- with this particular uh, ratio, the whiskey is much more important because you're not covering it up with the sweet vermouth and the bitters. Correct. If you're wondering like, hey, you know what? No one's around. I want to take like a really expensive bottle of whiskey and make a Manhattan with it. You're certainly able to do that. But Scott makes a good point. It's a time like that that you want to dial the vermouth back a bit and let the whiskey kind of just, you know, yeah. stand forward in the drink. And like I said, it still has a vermouth finish. It's still in there. You, and, you, you taste it. And it still has the cherry in it. Let's and not forget. And I, I, I mixed some of the um, uh, cherry juice in there. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Which one do you like better? I mean, I know which one I like better, but that doesn't necessarily mean Dave, it's everybody's thing. It's still very good. It just has a considerable more amount of heat to it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The whiskey is definitely coming through. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's a little more a fire. Fine, less sugar, uh, sweetness and citrusiness to it. Yeah. It's still there. I mean, it, it's whiskey with like just a splash of vermouth and the cherry and a bitters or two. Yeah, the balance is obviously heavy on whiskey and it shows. It is. It's not bad. No. It's all perfect. No, I mean, taste. I definitely understand that this is not the way that people like to make their Manhattans. What's interesting to me is since I like this whiskey straight, then having right. less vermouth than normal doesn't hurt me. I'm not like hating it. I have the still have the bitters and the cherry. When we made it with the uh, Buffalo Trace, when we still had it mm-hmm. and didn't drink it all, right? I would not have well, liked it like this. You're no, right. and we didn't make it like this on purpose because you no. you said that we shouldn't, and I agreed with you. Right? I said we need we need a a healthy dose of vermouth because it's a kind of a kind of got a Buffalo Trace has kind of a raw burn to it a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it does taste a little immature. I mean, I mean, as we discussed in the the last podcast, that's why we don't like to drink it straight because eagle rare is so much better right and it's probably why scott likes to make his manhattans with better whiskey than average because he does like it so uh, forward in the drink. Certain restaurants, you'll ask for a old-fashioned or a Manhattan, and they will ask you what whiskey you want to use. And I will always say Bullet Ride. First of all, it's usually very affordable when you're out because restaurants love to upcharge the shit out of you. True, especially. but they also always have it. Like Bullet Ride is everywhere. Yeah, that's the last. Would you say last five years that kind of yeah. happened? They weren't. They weren't around five no. years ago. Diageo has done a really good job of marketing their product, getting it out into every bar. So true. I think with this Manhattan, personally, I like it a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. It's nothing wrong with it, but like you said, it's, yeah. it's all. Do you like the first one? You- preference. I think. I think if you're going for a Manhattan, you want to get a little more sweetness. There's nothing wrong with your drink. And really, we just made this because we want to drink. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> no. If you want to taste the whiskey, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just a bowl on the rocks. Yeah. I, that's I, where your your drink tends to lead to. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the, the addition of the um, the extra citrus in yours actually made it more palatable to me. Because otherwise, I'm not sure I would have liked it as much. Mm. So I think that maybe masked a little bit because there's something about the whiskey combination of the sweet vermouth that I don't like. So the less vermouth, the more I like it. So the, the orange wine kind of balanced things. I think so. Good. I think so. Because what you made was perfectly fine. If I had that at a restaurant, I would say that was a great Manhattan. I liked it yeah. a lot. Now, my uncle and my cousins down the shore, I think I have the story right. They were in New York City and they were eating at Del Frisco's, which Uh-oh. is a famous steak place up there. And they ordered Manhattans mm-hmm. and they have their own version there. And instead of using straight, normal, traditional Martini Rossi sweet vermouth, they had two different other versions of vermouth, like their wines. Mm-hmm. And they had Was two- one of them dry? 
Yeah, like a dry yeah. and sweet combo. Yeah, yeah. And they had a strawberry shrub that they used Get out. to add strawberry? some sweetness to it. <laughs> and so they got the recipe, and they go to town down the shore making it. But we'll make the traditional one with Martini and Rossi, uh, sweet vermouth. But then we'll make what we call, it's called the queen. So it's a particular uh, version of yeah, Manhattan that you guys like to two, make. Right. It has bitters, and it has um, two different vermouths. Now, do you use orange bitters or regular bitters? Um, we have both down there. I don't know what they use for the queen. But we... uh yeah, it, it changes the night down there because we make we have a Manhattan and then we have another one Manhattan and then, and then, then someone goes let's just make a short batch and that's usually the biggest batch of all and the ladies are very much against the third batch I'll tell you <laughs> the, the ladies um, well because they know how they the men the ladies get. lobby tremendously against not having a third Manhattan uh, before dinner. Before dinner. <laughs> this is, well, this is a shore, right? So you're yeah. down there. and Well, you got nothing else to do and nowhere else right, to go. So you get back from, from if you're going to the beach or fishing or whatever. and We like a little dark and stormies on a, on a hot day oh, down there. A little, little Gosling's dark rum. Dark and stormies are one of the best from cocktails. Bermuda and some ginger beer, a little lime in there, and a splash of Coke on top, just for the record. Good. Gabe, do you like the dark and stormies? Oh, yeah. Uh, dark and stormies are delicious. That'll start at three. Then, like, five o'clock, we'll slide into Manhattan time. Someone will be like, hey, let's make a batch of the queen. And then, wow. Because it just changes your whole mood. It just takes you, like, you're over here now. I mean, I mean the transition from uh, the dark and stormy... Which is very Caribbean, sweet, uh, d- dark rum, and the Peppery. ginger, the spiciness of the ginger and the, the lime. lime. I mean, it's so good, and delicious. Uh, just the transition from that to this, yeah, and it, it's it, actually really interesting. It is. It's fabulous, and it lets us know that we're now getting serious about our drinking. <laughs> <laughs> right before we were right. on a tropical island, we were having fun. And now we're just drinking, what, bitch. What we're hoping is somebody brings some nosh out, like some cheese and crackers, something to stem the tide. You mean like the whole tub? of hummus that we just right. fucking housed we ate triple Italian, layer house yeah hummus. while we while we <laughs> made the last batch we ate most of an italian hoagie and a whole tub of hummus gabe, gabe tell us how many ounces that was that we just ate in like 10 minutes it was a triple layer of hummus i'm going eight ounces maybe now. maybe what we have here is a trader joe's three layer hummus mm. traditional trader cilantro joe's. jalapeno and spicy weighing in at a healthy 12 ounces. Oh, four ounces well, each. Right, four. So, so four ounces of hummus. Yeah. So we have three ounces of, I'm Th- drinking three ounces of whiskey with four ounces of hummus. <laughs> and some bitters. Yeah. That's a good cocktail. Yeah. The hummus cocktail in stores near you. We'll edit this out. No, we won't. Maybe. You're not the boss of me. Fuck Topeka. <laughs> so just, what you, guys so at, you're just <laughs> out of control. Oh, by the way. Uh, Gabe brought um, Girl Scout cookies. Thanks a lot. My, one of my favorites. Yeah, thanks a lot, Gabe. Uh, the uh, exactly. delicious shortbread cookie with a little chocolate on the bottom. And uh, we. I on, refuse to have one. We it's like on a, a Tim Burton movie. I will not watch it. I had S- Scott's share cookies as well. And uh, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome to them, my friend. Scott hates Tim Burton uh, the way I hate <laughs> prostate exams. And the, oh, uh, geez, my a, goodness. A, a, except I think he hates Tim Burton a little more. No, I will. No, Gabe. Sure, I'll eat another one. Well, I have no well, pride. Ed, the um, <laughs> I have no pride. Ed, Ed will also have mine. That's right. I'm eating Scott's. It's one of Scott's cookies right now. So we went on a little bit of a rant. Oh, I, I shouldn't say we. Scott went on a little rant <laughs> about Girl Scout cookies and Last time, the pressure yeah, we did. and how they're like. They, I did diet destroyers in the in the spring, uh, and we Wait. realized that Gabe is the uh, the father of multiple Girl Scouts, correct? Yeah, Gabe has two daughters. Both were in Girl Scouts, Just correct? One Girl Scout. Well, she. But, oh, oh, the other was in brownies or something. 
Is she no, not a good? She, uh, she didn't. The youngest was not. She's in uh, some terrible. Like, she's like, oh, the youngest was. was. Oh, the oldest oh, the, wasn't. Uh, the oldest wasn't. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, the youngest was. Okay. The I older. would have expected the opposite, actually. I know. It's given crazy. their personalities. Yeah. No. I would have thought of like a paramilitary group. For <laughs> only the youngest one was part of the Green Beret, La Che Guevara. T-shirts of Rage Against the Machine. Exactly. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, we would stand out in front of Walmart with the troop in the middle of February. See? This is cookies. Exactly what I meant. Did you get like something from the company that kind of gave you like sales tactics or anything? We didn't coach them in how to sell the cookies. Okay. However, we we know that they received very little. Gabe, answer the question. Did you get... A sheet from the company telling you how to berate or manipulate the public to buy your cookies. May I remind you that you're under oath. Can I, I cede my time to the honorable gentleman from New Jersey. Thank you. Other honorable gentleman from New Jersey. Correct. We, we stay within the parameters of the Girl Scout laws. Laws. They weren't coerced in any way. So, so, it's like Newton's laws of motion. <laughs> Fig Newton's laws of motion. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to come down that the Girl Scouts are actually funneling money into the Russian probe oh my God. election corruption. Yeah, Allegedly. into the Mueller probe. Yeah, Mueller's going to yeah. find out that the Girl Scouts were funneling money to the to the the Kremlin and back to Trump's right. campaign, right. and then right into Hillary's illegal server, <laughs> and then sli- qu- quickly aging Bernie Sanders to the age of, of incapacitating yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's all connected. It's all connected yeah. to the Girl Scouts. It's a vast conspiracy. They, we're we're, we're going to find out that the seven hundred billion of Obama stimulus package went right to the Girl Scout Thin Mint factory. I feel like we just breezed through like uh, all of our podcasts just <laughs> in like five seconds. <laughs> the Girl Scouts were unknowingly pawns in this whole operation. <laughs> That's they right. Didn't know what they were doing? No, they, they didn't know. They're they, just girls. That's what I meant. They're being exploited by uh, conglomerates that make crappy cookies and also espionage. Make America cake again. <laughs> Love it. So this was round 2A and 2B. Right. So we have round three to go with the Boulevardier, which is a drink that Ed despises. Hate it. So uh, w- I've had it three times. I've had but, three different people make it, and I don't like it, but uh, I've never had have, you make it, right? They, no, th- that's true. So Scott loves the drink, um, and he'll tell you all about it. You want to give us the background of the drink real oh, quick before uh, we uh, go to make it? I, I mean, thought to finish my Manhattan, so. I mean, I looked it up, and there really isn't a whole lot to say. How long has the, it been around? Since the 30s, actually. So, Shut your mouth. Are you kidding me? I thought it was like a thing. I haven't seen it anywhere until like two years ago. Now it's everywhere. Dude, I'm telling you, I only learned of the drink like six months ago. I was at a, a restaurant, Trano's, right in uh, Westmont. It's a pizza place and they have all right. kinds of like different cocktails and stuff. And there was like I a- I didn't even know there was a bar in there. I thought it was like a BYOB place. No, it's a, there's a bar and everything. Oh. Yeah. They had a, a drink on their menu, uh, Boulevardiers, and I'm always looking for whiskey. And <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I saw, you know, beer gives me migraines, so right. I, can't, I can't drink dark beers anymore it's just really sad because i love really dark we spent a decade drinking beer together i know and so it's uh, good to move on to whiskey yeah so i was looking for whiskey and it's a boulevardier and it's like whiskey vermouth and campari and i'm like hmm that's interesting because i know campari from the negroni which is gin vermouth and campari what and it's a very bitter bitter drink as you can imagine so campari is a um it's 
bright red. It used to be made with like like sea creatures or something to get what? that red. Yeah. So yeah, I'm making that up. I am Aren't not making that. Is not. I am not making that up. <laughs> it, there's a fruit called the chinetto or something like. Oh, where, where's my? This uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Now no. I'm not being part of this at all. No, <laughs> we're just making. What is it like? A Alice in Wonderland? It's from there. You're you're just a hater. So um, I, I, I don't. You're just making fruit up now that we. Don't I know. am not making it up. So uh, chinado. It's called. So there's a little Mediterranean citrus fruit. It looks like a tiny orange. It's like a, no, it a yeah, open it up. It's like a tiny orange, and they use the orange peels from it. And as you could imagine, it's it's pretty bitter. If you ever ever tasted like an orange peel or lemon zest or anything, wow, it smells terrible. <laughs> it actually smells pretty good. It smells okay, smells, thank you, thank you, Gabe. It smells like an orange's armpit. And <laughs> all right, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. No, it's exactly what it smells like. To the, to the, if you've never smelled it, ladies and gentlemen. So it gentlemen, says it's made a few an infusion of herbs, I aromatic feel like our plants. Audience will be like a woodpile. And the Mediterranean citrus called ch- the chinoto. Okay, so the person who created it in 1927 to 1932 was an American writer in Paris who ran a magazine called the Boulevardier. Okay. So he created the cocktail, and that's why it's called that. But honestly, that's it. Like that's the history of this drink. And why I'm seeing it so much recently? I mean, I read an article talking about how it's the most underrated whiskey cocktail out there. It's like you really owe yourself Written to drink Written by this. not me. Written by me. The word boulevardier, when translated to English, means a man who frequents the boulevards. Thus, what it really means is a man around town. Oh, there you go. So that's what the the meaning of the word is, boulevardier. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna whip up a batch of this terrible drink and. Uh, <laughs> That Scott loves, and Gabe's, Gabe's never had it, right? Yeah, no. So this is Gabe's first Boulevardier, uh, right? So we'll, we'll, and I'm going to have the first one that Scott made, and so you know the we're going to get we're going to get the gamut. So we're right. going to get somebody who loves it, somebody Scott, who hates it, me, and somebody who's never had it before. Gabe, round three. Okay, I made the Boulevardier, which is bullet rye whiskey, Campari, and sweet vermouth. The traditional way to make this is equal parts of all three. So it's a very easy drink to make. However, you know me, I like a little bit more whiskey in my cocktails. I used uh, half again more whiskey than I did the other two ingredients. Right, so it was a a shot and a half of whiskey, then a shot of Campari, and a shot of uh, vermouth. Correct. No cherry, no orange. No garnishes, just no some bitters, ice. No bitters, right? No bitters. No bitters. No, the bitters, the Campari is the bitters. So hey, oh, yeah. you don't really need it. You Basically, don't. this is a Manhattan with the Campari switched out for the bitters. Right. So you get a little bit more. But a full shot of, of Campari compared oh, to a couple dashes or two drops of like, Absolutely, because the Campari is not quite as bitter as actual bitters. Like if you use this much bitters, like you would die. All <laughs> right. We're going to let Gabe go last because he's the neutral set in this. Right. So, I'm smelling the uh, Boulevardier. It smells actually wonderful. It's um, there's the whiskey. There's a sweetness to the smell from the vermouth, and then there's the other smell, which is the Campari. Which the way I termed it was an orange's uh, armpit, but covered up by the whiskey and the vermouth. It's actually much more palatable when you smell it now. I, I totally agree with you, Ed. I mean, it it smells. A, like a terrific drink. What do you think, it does. Gabe? It smells great. What, what's Gabe's opinion? It's, you tasted it already. You shouldn't have tasted it. I'm sorry. You're going out of turn. But that's right. But smell, what, the it, smell. What is the smell? This? What do you think of the smell? The, the smell is not bad. The only thing that pops in my mind, and this is going to sound very odd, it smells like a freshly opened Band-Aid. 
Oh, oh. interesting. Which isn't in I itself can, bad, can, like, but it's, it's something that, that popped in my mind as a comparative uh, way to describe it. And having tasted it, it doesn't taste like that. Right. It's but that was horrible, the smell that you got but, off it. But having never tried Campari. Now, it's funny that you mentioned that because the Band-Aid smell, it tastes a, like a Band-Aid smells of something that I have actually experienced with a local young rise they have that character to them that i describe as vinyl especially uh, like something like dad's hat made up in pennsylvania uh, yeah. is one he says like that it, it, and it, so i'm not totally off base here it's a medicinal smell but it's not sure. a bad smell R- exactly and i've had a beer once that tasted like a band-aid smells and it's right like you said it's not especially if it's just a hint of it and then when you drink it it kind of disappears all right i'm going to try my drink now yeah I mean, it is sweet, and you can feel it transition into the bitter. What I would like to try with this drink is half as much Campari as it calls for, or maybe a Scott-like ratio that he likes for Booth and his Manhattan. Eight to one ratio, like because it it starts out spectacular because it's first of all heavy vermouth, which I like, and Scott doesn't, and the whiskey, and then. It literally changes in your mouth to this very bitter finish. And I don't care for the ending of this drink. I love the drink when it first happens to me. Mm. Like when it first comes into my mouth. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound right. We should probably. <laughs> no, that sounds, that sounds comes perfectly. Comes into my mouth. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> it sounds okay. <laughs> when it enters my mouth. Sounds, but the, I, the, I'm, I'm not sure you could say anything that would actually sound okay. Well, entered, entered your mouth. When you first came think, into your mouth. That's all. I don't think the FCC is regulating this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting a semi right now. Oh my God. It. So, and this close to, um, whatever the drink is, is unique. It's definitely worth a try because you might like it. I would suggest dialing back the Campari a bit because it's way too much for me. It finishes very bitter, but yet there's a moment, and I guess that's what I would chase if I was to drink this more. There's a moment when everything is perfect. (laughs) Like you drink it and you swallow, and there's like a second where you're like, wow. Yeah. And then it finishes like, it's three seconds after you put it in your mouth like you said very sweet and then it's transitioning into the bitter Mm -hmm. but right in the middle there it's like Oh, that's oh just an perfect. Like right thing. now, I, I took another sip. Perfect, that, perfect, gone. I wish, I wish this tasted the entire time. Oh, exactly. So I don't know how to do that. But I see, I'd like the bitter finish on it because I like bitter drinks and I'm a bitter person. I mean, talk about drinking a drink quickly. I will drink my um, Boulevardier as fast as you could possibly suck it down because I keep wanting the sweetness, which only happens when you take a sip. Right. And then in between sips, you're left with bitterness. So you know what this drink is? This drink is alcoholism in a glass exactly because it makes me want to keep drinking and to get the bitterness out of my mouth and out of my life for that matter damn it and out of my life that's right oh no, God. we don't use the term alcoholics that's negative what do we use connoisseurs um, <laughs> we drink with a purpose excellent not on purpose I think Ed's suggestion of lowering the amount of Campari that you use by half even. So if you used a shot and a half of whiskey and used a shot of vermouth and a half a shot of Campari. I would be intrigued by, I think we need to make one of them like that to see what it. Sure. And then we can all kind of just, you know. Yeah, why not? We did a 2A and 2B. Let's do a 3A and 3B. Round Okay, so Scott whipped up a batch of uh, 
the Boulevardier based on my recommendations of dialing back the Campari 50%. So we have a shot and a half of Bullet Rye whiskey, a shot of Sweet Vermouth, and then a half a shot of Campari. So I'm going to try it. It distinctly smells less like an orange is. It's, it's much. It's much diminished from the uh, full strength version. Um, the smell from, from whatever imaginary fruit this is made out of, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to try the it right Chinoto. now. I know I'm not saying it right. It's Chinato, probably. Okay. I'm going to try the uh, new version right now. I'll okay. see how it goes. Yeah, try. It. He's thinking. He's evaluating. Gentlemen, we we do have something here. I will say, <laughs> uh, Gabe, take a sip of that. Tell me what you think. There is a slight bitter aftertaste, but it's much more manageable and almost enjoyable. Does it disappear on you? Like, uh, like does it linger? I'll, I'll see what Gabe has to say. I want Gabe's opinion. Actually, now now I want to try it. it it's still very similar. Uh, it doesn't seem to be as lingering in the back of my throat as much as it was before with the original. I mean, that's a nice cocktail. I would be happy with that. Much more drinkable for me in that version. I wouldn't be focusing on being unhappy. This, the bitterness is actually in play a bit. Like it's like, cause it's playing off the sweet. For my personal palate, it's a much more doable ratio. And I'm actually not hating this in its present form, but I would probably even look to dial it back to a quarter shot because mm. I don't feel like I need even this much bitterness, but I feel like we're on a path where I might end up finding a way to drink a Boulevardier with Scott. Yeah. So what we talked about before, the cocktails trying to be balanced. Right. So if the balance is off for you, then you right. dial back the right. the particular ingredient that is off balance for you. Right. And this goes to everybody. Like, have fun with it. Like, don't let someone tell you how to drink your cocktail. You can drink your drink however you want. And That's what's fun about cocktails, especially making them at home because you can make them exactly how you like. Finish it. Gabe, any final thoughts on the night? Well, I think this drink has potential, but I think you need to find your happy balance. I still think the lingering effect of the Campari in the back of the throat You're is, still feeling it? It's still better, it, right? It's yeah. still there. It's still, it, I, I mean, would, that's the point of drinking a drink like this, is to get that. Yeah, if you want to want that bitterness. If you keep having to dial the bitterness back to the point right. where you don't taste it anymore, well, then this drink is not for you. Right, you might as well just make a Manhattan because you have almost all the ingredients. Exactly, and 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 that's fine. It's fun trying different things. Like I'm not upset that I tried a um, a Boulevardier. I just learned that I like other drinks better. Now I've never tried. It seems like every single one of these drinks had absinthe in it at some point. Oh, yeah, absinthe was very popular back in the day. Oh my god, like cut your ear off already. Yeah, and 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 that's the anise taste that a lot of people don't like. It's that licorice flavor. Right. Were were they lacking flavor in the twenties, and black licorice was the way to go? Again, it's that thing where maybe you didn't know where the whiskey was coming from, and maybe it kind of tasted off, or it was way too alcoholic, or the the proof was too high. So that's why they made these cocktails just to kind of dial back. That all that heat. Well, yeah. we'd like to uh, thank Gabe for coming by tonight and being yeah, our thanks, bartender Gabe, and I mean, it would have been partner. It would have been the same without you. Like, absolutely not. It was a great night. Yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me here, and I like that you would want to bounce off ideas of whiskey on me. Sure. Was, and 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 you were a bartender, bartender and and, and you were also a whiskey connoisseur and one of our long, oldest friends. Yeah, longtime friend of ours. I mean, I think I know you longer than I've known Ed. I think that's true. Eighty nine. I think thirty years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Holy thirty shit, years. You guys, and I think I've known Gabe about 28. So it's been a long time that we've been together drinking many different things, and now here we are taking our last drink tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whiskey Tangent Podcast signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on our cocktail episode. See you next time.
If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to check out our next episode, which is way better than this one. Oh, yeah. Also, follow and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash whiskey tangent. And follow us on Twitter at whiskey tangent. You can follow me personally at that whiskey guy. And follow Scott at giant cup of awesome. Spelled A-W-S-U-M. Just to be annoying. Hey! You can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.